0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. They are waiting online 14 hours to pay their respects to Queen Elizabeth. I don't think that would ever happen with Joe Biden. I don't think 14 hours would happen for Donald Trump. 70 years on the throne, people. That's that's what'll do it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. They actually had to pause the, uh, the, the, the queue. They had to say, yeah, no more people. We had to sit for like six hours. We're like, no, 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 nobody else online. Fourteen hours, and they already let people know um, it's uh, it's not something where you get to sit around. You're not going to be able to sit. You're standing. The line is constantly, constantly moving, and and you're going to have to be able to stand for fourteen hours crazy. And, and don't worry, there'll be people online tomorrow and the next day and the next day. That's that's what's what's going to go on. That's what's going to going to happen. Uh meanwhile, uh the special master was assigned in the case of President Trump in this conversation of whether or not the DOJ gets to just take all this documentation. And uh, even the stuff that's protected by uh, by privilege, the stuff that's protected by attorney-client privilege or possibly executive privilege. And the Department of Justice has been saying... Uh, no, 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 no. No, no, you don't get to review this stuff. This is, this is crazy. We had a warrant. We got the information. Now we're looking at it and it's all part of our investigation. Investigation into what? Well, we're not telling you. What are you going to charge Trump with? Well, it could be espionage. It could be charged under the Espionage Act or possibly obstruction of justice. Obstruction of justice. This is, this is what you're going to do. This is, this is what you're going to put forward. That's. That that's a great bit of madness right there. The idea that once again we're gonna say the walls are closing in on Trump because of obstruction of justice. You want to talk about a weak, weak argument right there. Now Trump, he's like, uh, I don't think anybody would stand for the me
1: being indicted. Mr. President, uh, you know you the, know, the old had, saying. We've had an amazing. We had an amazing four years. You know the old saying, a prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich if they want to. I'm just asking, if there is such a prosecutor and they indict you, would that deter you from running for president again? I don't think the people of the United States would stand for it. And as you know, if a thing like that happened, I would have no prohibition against running. You know that. you've already. I do. Stated. And that's what I want people to understand. That would not take you out of the arena. It would not. But I think if it happened, I think you'd have problems in this country, the likes of which perhaps we've never seen before. I don't think the people of the United States would stand for it. That's going to be seen,
0: of course, as uh, a claim of, if you indict me, people are going to riot, people are going to get violent. Because that is exactly what he just said. I- I'm sorry. I-, I-, I That was Hugh Hewitt doing the interview. I've got more. You want me, you want me to play more of it? I- I'll
1: play more of it. What kind of problems, Mr. President? I think they'd have big problems, big problems. I just don't think they'd stand for it. They will not, they will not sit still and stand for this ultimate of hoaxes. We went through a phony impeachments. We went through phony Mueller reports that came out with no collusion. We, we came everything that they've done to try and stop progress. And on top of that, I did more than virtually any. You take a look with the biggest tax cuts, with the rebuilding of our military, With all of the things we've done, I don't think the people of this country would stand for it, especially since they know know I'm totally innocent.
0: Now, that's how he ends it. Uh, Let me be clear. For anybody who's questioning it, I I, I take on all comers, Uh, of course, that's going to be taken as a, a call to, if you indict me, people are going to riot, people are going to get violent. And that is what he said. The fact that he didn't say it is inconsequential. That is what he said. This is everything I don't want. Now, if he got indicted, would people riot? I, Damn it, I hope not. I wouldn't call for it. There's no doubt that there is a, a witch hunt out for the man. There's no doubt that the people who hate him are desperate to engage yet another legal action against him. Were aren't they embarrassed enough at the first impeachment basing it all on the Steele dossier when the Steele dossier was based on a subsource who was already an employee of the FBI, who the FBI fired because the subsource was a known liar. Yet that's the subsource that helped get the documentation, the information for the Steele dossier, all lies that was utilized by the Clinton campaign via Fusion GPS to make the claim that Donald Trump was in collusion with the Russians in the election. You know, how, that's convoluted. That is what happened. You want me to trust the FBI, the DOJ? Absolutely not. You want me to trust a political party that's still after Trump when they did that knowing that it was a lie? No, I, 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 I don't, I don't want to be a part of it. You want me to somehow pretend that Donald Trump didn't say if I get indicted there's going to be violence? what he said. We're going to pretend he didn't say it? Nonsense. Do we favor... The special master, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I, who do not favor having classified information when you shouldn't have it, and I don't know whether Trump declassified everything, possibly the act of taking the documents is the declassification. These documents that were claimed to have been found during the the raid of his home, which was a raid, you can't get me to be down with that warrant. A warrant that engages the idea that we're looking for fruits of crime seems to fly in the face of the Fourth Amendment when it discusses a, a writing down, a, an authorization of the places to be searched and the things to be seized. Fruits of crime is a fishing expedition. That's a uh, Lavrenty Lever- Beria. Uh, show me the man and I'll show you the crime who headed up Stalin's secret police. That's Beria. B-E-R-I-A is the last name. That's what that is. That is Stalinistic nonsense. That is not the Constitution of the United States at play. That's the Fourth Amendment. I'd throw the whole damn thing out. That's nuts. But here we are. The special master is the one who's going to review approximately 11,000 documents. What's protected by attorney-client privilege? What's protected by executive privilege? The Department of Justice is saying, how dare you even think anything is protected? Some things are protected. Uh, the, the the Even uh, a former president is, is in there to make your job easier. doesn't matter if you hate them. Who cares? I don't care if Merrick Garland hates Donald Trump. I don't give a good holy damn about that. I care about the rights of the citizen. And an attorney-client privilege needs to be protected. And if the president has executive privilege, it needs to be protected from the DOJ, which has already proven itself to be untrustworthy. So the special master... Uh, He is uh, a uh, New uh, York-based lawyer, and he is going to take a look at the 11,000 documents. I'm forgetting the dude's name right now. Here it is. Here it is. Raymond Deary, D-E-A-R-I-E. That's how I believe you pronounce the last name. He's going to take a look at the 11,000 documents. And see if anything is uh, in, indeed covered by attorney-client or executive privilege. The Department of Justice was like, whoa, 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 we don't want this guy looking at the classified documents. The judge in this case, uh, Aileen Cannon, is like, oh no, no, the the the, uh, the special master is going to look at absolutely everything. And then the DOJ said, well, we don't think that this should stop our investigation, right? obstruction of justice, violations of the Espionage Act. We need to keep keep going and utilize all these documents. And the judge has said, no, 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 no. You're going to stop. We're going to take a look at everything. Then when we figure out what you can have and what you can't have, we'll go forward. The DOJ has no shame. And this is important to note and remember because you have to be somebody in your life, in dealing with the legal system, that reminds everyone that your rights indeed matter. Doesn't matter what the state says, doesn't matter what the police say, doesn't matter what the feds say. No, 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 no. You have rights. They aren't special because they've got the power of the federal government uh, behind them. We've seen the abuses of the federal government, whether it be the FBI or whether it be the IRS. We've seen how it abuses people they politically disagree with you don't get to move on with your investigation because, oh, it's so important that we do this. You'll wait to ensure that the rights of the people are indeed protected because the rights of the people are more important than your investigation. Is that a hard one for people to understand, to accept, to wrap their arms around? Without question, the rights of the people are more important than your investigation. Your investigation doesn't mean anything because it means a violation of the rights of the people. What are we investigating? What possibly are we investigating here? We don't even think that the people matter. We think the people can be used and abused as we see fit. So protecting the rights of even the former president, whom you may hate, although, I mean, that's totally on you. I don't care. I can't say it enough. How little I care whether or not you hate Donald Trump or anybody, not you, I shouldn't say you, anybody else. I don't care if they hate him. If you think he shouldn't have rights because of the hate, uh, those people are the problem. Those people are the enemy to free and thinking people. Those people are the enemy to society. I hate the guy so he shouldn't have rights is everything you'd hear in a banana republic and not anything you should have in a civilized society. Louis Farrakhan is a bigot and an anti-Semite. Anybody who follows him is out of their head and a bigot and an anti-Semite. The man's allowed to speak. I don't take away his First Amendment rights because he's a Jew-hating bigot. I just note that he's a Jew-hating bigot and I say so. Well, you want to pretend he isn't saying things about me? Oh, uh, rest assured, uh, Louis Farrakhan is saying uh, many things about me and many things that are disgusting.
2: Here the Jews don't like Farrakhan, so they call me Hitler. Well, that's a good name. Hitler was a very great man.
0: Now, when he's not calling me a termite, or I don't know, maybe you're Jewish, he's calling you a termite when he's not hating white people or, or, or women. He's allowed to say, it and I'm allowed to note, what a no-good, low-rent, dirty bigot that he is. Because he is. You would literally have to be Congressman Andre Carson to try and protect this man. Oh, hi, Congressman Carson of the 7th District of Indiana. How how, ya, how are your friends today? Uh, so far, it's Andre Carson and Rashida Tlaib who wants to wipe Israel off the, the map. So... So you're doing great. As I said from the very beginning, the problem with Congressman Andre Carson, uh, he makes poor choices. He I said this years ago, and then there was a guy from The Daily Beast who want, who interviewed me and desperately, desperately was trying to get me into some kind of of racial thing about Congressman Carson. I was like, oh, you're precious. You are precious. Congressman Andre Carson makes bad decisions, bad choices, and has bigoted friends, not based on my words, but based on their words. How dare you be upset with me for noticing? But I didn't say that Representative Rashida Tlaib couldn't speak. I didn't say that Louis Farrakhan couldn't speak. I never once would make the assumption that they don't have legal rights or have the right to representation. But that is exactly the way the people who hate Donald Trump feel. He shouldn't be allowed anything. He shouldn't be allowed representation. He shouldn't be allowed to go through these documents. No, not at all. No special master should be appointed. What a ridiculous decision. A decision to ensure the rights of the citizen is ridiculous? That's nuts. Now, you'll note what my conversation is. It's about rights. I didn't say that he had information that he shouldn't have because he very possibly could have had information he shouldn't have, and he'd have to deal with that. If he declassified it, which I'm not quite sure how you decide that, we could agree that, hey, if he declassified it, the president could declassify anything the president chooses at any time, but he was wrong to do it. We could agree on that, and we might disagree on it, but I'm just saying that, that it would be okay to agree on that, and he would still have the right to do it, therefore he didn't break any laws. We could still think it was wrong. We don't have to take away a man's rights because you don't like him. That's insane. And that's so much of of what we're seeing. That's it. But we have to at least be clear. What he told Hugh Hewitt, he said, if I get indicted, there will be violence. Oh, he didn't use those exact words? Fine. Fine. You pretend. No, not you. They can pretend all they want. That's what he said. And that was wrong. Just simply wrong. I am. I've said this now for a while. I'm worried about this election. I'm worried about the people who are trying to to gin up the violence. I worry about it. What Trump just said, I'm worried about what the left has been doing with this. Whole, all Republicans are fascists. You're a bunch of uh, MAGA Republicans are, are fascists. You're a threat to democracy. You have to be stopped, man. This does not end well. I, I, I want to be wrong. I want to be very, very wrong. I want the election to go off without a hitch. Boom, bop, bip. The election happens, and that's that. By the way, speaking of uh, the election, uh, Chuck Schumer was talking, and oh, oh, the rumors. The rumor is is that Chuck Schumer said in a private meeting, Speaker Pelosi is going to lose the gavel, and the Democrats have a sixty percent chance of holding on to the Senate, meaning Republicans are going to take the House. Democrats sixty percent chance to hold the Senate. I do think that that's accurate. I think that's absolutely accurate. Republicans will take the House. Still, uh, a, a long way to go before getting the Senate. There's a lot that has to work out in their favor. I know. I agreed with Chuck Schumer.
2: Ew, David. I
0: know. I know. My name's not even David. I'm Tony Katz. you as cold as ice. In Delaware, well, good things have happened. A Delaware judge has halted mail-in voting. Oh, I am so incredibly happy. Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today, what's going on? A chancery court judge, the vice chancellor, Nathan Cook is his name, says the mail-in voting provision is unconstitutional. It's an 87-page memorandum. Says that allowing mail-in voting in the November 8th general election will result in the dilution of constitutional votes with unconstitutional votes. Oh, I like this. As you know... I oppose all of this mail-in voting. I don't oppose absentee voting. I want to be clear about that. The difference is, you you say, "Hey, I'm not going to be here," and you get a ballot, as opposed to ballots being mailed out willy-nilly and people can just mail them in. It's an invitation to fraud. I'm not saying it guarantees fraud. I'm saying it's absolutely an invitation to fraud. Anybody who says no, uh, they want the fraud. <laughs> I think that's an easy one to put together. If I were not to enjoin, or if I were not to not enjoin the vote by mail statute, then the courts would be faced with the impossible task of unscrambling the eggs, says this judge, of an election undermined by unconstitutional votes. Given these considerations, plaintiffs will suffer irreparable injury if the vote by mail statute is not enjoined, and doing so is necessary in the interests of justice. Furthermore, writes this judge, The fact that votes will be cast under this unconstitutional law means that the election will not be conducted in strict accordance with our Constitution. As plaintiffs note, it would be virtually impossible to unwind the election. Oh, I love this. I absolutely, positively love this. We are not going to create a situation where we're not sure which votes count and which don't, so therefore we got to count them all because otherwise you will be disenfranchising other people. This ballot harvesting, mail-in ballots, it all has to be stopped. The stuff that the progressive left loved uh, about COVID? Nope. Tremendous damage to the country, but they're not worried about that because they're worried about winning because power matters more than the Constitution. Power matters more than the rule of law. Uh, What matters is their people get in, and uh, you, you don't have a voice. Count me out. Count me out of that conversation, my dear people. Count me in on this one. Good on Delaware. Now let's see where else this applies. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.
2: two more buffaloes and migrants were dropped off in president's house. My phone was here. Well, you've heard My me say was on the table. Uh, throughout this experience yeah. since My phone April that we have a national problem you uh, that is going to require right require a corner. national response.
0: And uh, we're going to do all that we can in D.C. to make sure that people
2: have a humane uh, welcome and transfer to their final destinations. But uh, we see in the months ahead that this, this problem uh, could worsen.
0: Now, that's the mayor of Washington, D.C., Muriel Bowser. And she has at least admitted uh, that our immigration issue is indeed a national problem. So the question before us is why shouldn't the nation experience it? Why is it all up to El Paso and Del Rio? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Mark Hemingway joins us right now from Real Clear Investigations. Heminator is how you find them on Twitter, H-E-M-I-N-A-T-O-R. And when we saw... Uh, that, uh, these, uh, that re- Senator, I'm uh, not Senator, Governor Ron DeSantis, Mark, had sent, uh, two, uh, plane loads of illegal immigrants, uh, to, Martha's Vineyard, Martha's Vineyard freaked out, this enclave in Massachusetts, making the claim, of course, that they can't handle this, that they're not set up for this. As a matter of fact, there was one uh, resident there who was on the record uh, saying, well, we, we we just simply don't have uh, the people. Listen.
1: What are the most difficult challenges right now?
2: The difficult challenges are... Uh, we have at some point in time they have to move to somewhere else right we we cannot we don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants um and we we certainly don't have housing we're in a housing crisis as we are on this island
0: seems like a very nimby not in my backyard kind of answer but not having the resources no one seems to care whether or not texas has the resources mark
3: yeah i mean that's exactly right i mean In places like Yuma, Arizona, and Del Rio, Texas, you know you have, you know, groups of fifty people crossing the border, you know, about every hour. Um, I mean, and and somehow Martha's Vineyard is 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 ill-equipped for this. And by the way, I think I just I I believe I just saw this online. Buses have arrived at Martha's Vineyard to take these people off of the island. Um, You know, they oh yeah, they've been deported already. They've been been deported from Martha's Vineyard on the island. I'm sorry, what?
0: They've been deported from Martha's Vineyard. That is
3: that is, yes. the, that is. accurate. Yeah. They could not find room on all of Martha's Vineyard for 50 extra people. And I just, I don't even begin to know, like, what that says. You know, the thing here is is that, you know, there have been all this, you know, wailing and gnashing of teeth about how it's wrong and immoral or human trafficking even for, you know, Abbott and, uh, um, and uh, DeSantis to be sending immigrants to other parts of the country. Never mind that this has been, you know, federal immigration policy going back, as, you know, at least a decade that I know is to put immigrants on planes and fly them all over the country in the dead of night. And and that's not doing anything about the, the huge masses of people that are at the border that simply just stay in Texas or Arizona or wander off from there. Um, you know, I mean, it is complete and utter hypocrisy, and it cannot be lost on the average voter, the amount of publicity that was received for 50 immigrants showing up in Martha's Vineyard versus the amount of publicity that's been given to or, you know, or should say the, the, the lack of publicity that's been paid attention to literally like two million people that have crossed the border since Biden has been president. Um, I, I just I don't know how we, you know, don't. We sustain this fiction here that somehow we can allow this kind of mass influx of immigration and we don't have to have some sort of like national solution that involves everybody and that Texas and Arizona and and New Mexico and California just have to sit there and like absorb all this.
0: So let's let's get into this idea of of fictions, Mark, because we have seen two things come uh, out. First, this is a deplorable, despicable political stunt and is akin to human trafficking. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, questioning whether or not Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida can be charged with kidnapping, and then the other one is, well, this isn't very Christian. Break these two down for me.
3: Huh. Well, look, if you want to go into court and do a, and to like hold a hard line uh, on this notion that you cannot tra-, tra you cannot traffic illegal migrants across state lines, again, the Department of Justice. And a ton of liberal NGOs and charities in this country are going to be in a whole lot of trouble for, you know, uh, um, you know, busing immigrants uh, all over the country as they have been for a long, long time. Um, you know, this is what Democrats want. I mean, they in fact, they actively want Democrats. To go around the country because they think that the the demographic change that it will produce will benefit them in the long run. I mean, you know, obviously there's some evidence that it's it's being driven by immigration, ironically, that the Hispanic vote is not exactly locked up for Democrats, but for a long time, this has been their strategy. Um, There's no question in my mind that the the fact that they will not enforce existing immigration law is a politically is a cynical, politically driven ploy. Um, And, you know, the reality of it though is it's fine when it's all you know out of sight out of mind when you know the border states and you know a handful of localities in the country you know where there's barrios and and uh, you know tight you know you know cheap apartment buildings where immigrants cluster you know that are out of sight out of mind they're fine with that but you know when they actually have to deal with the consequences of of this um it's it's absolutely like appalling and not only is it appalling it's actually you know encourages in the human tragedy that's occurring from increasing from encouraging these migrations up through mexico uh into the united states where you know you will have coyotes and cartels and other things that are you know raping and abusing um you know migrants um and you know, to say nothing of what happens when you just wander into a country when you have no you know official prospects um and you know what what that says or or the fact that we aren't vetting a lot of these immigrants as just walk across the border you know some of them are indeed criminals you know, some of them are, you know, people that we should not be letting into the country. I mean, we have an actual terrorist, you know, problem with, with terrorists crossing the, the border, southern border. So I, I just, you know, um so the notion and and then getting to this notion that somehow it's inhumane or, you know, uh, unchristian even to not address this politically or, you know, have a, a, a policy. I mean, look, if you're gonna let If you really think that it's okay to let millions of people cross the border, you have to have a comprehensive, humane policy to to deal with these people instead of just pretending it's out of sight, out of mind, which is what Democrats have been doing. And to suggest that when you create a problem for your neighbors that is massive and ongoing and has been for decades, and, you know, you refuse to deal with that, and then you scream that they're unchristian when they, you know— Make you deal with a small portion of what they've been dealing with just to prove a point? Um, then I, I don't know what to say. I mean, that's 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 very uncompassionate. It's certainly not Christian either. But let's uh, just to take it
0: a little step further, Mark. When I first saw this idea of how unChristian, it wasn't coming from the political left per se. It was coming from Bill Kristol, who still claims to be a, a conservative, and 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 never mind his level of of movement. It came from supposedly people, or or I should say people who supposedly believe themselves still to be on the political right. It's a very, it was a very political calculated move to make this claim of being unchristian as opposed to something that is, is just, um, uh, hip check reflexive. Like it, it definitely seemed as purposeful to try to inflict a level of damage and give uh, people opposed uh, to DeSantis opposed to recognizing this border issue to give them one more talking point.
3: Um yeah, look, I I don't even know what to say to that except to say that a, a lot of the people saying that are not what I would call authentically conservative uh at all. Um I mean, I know Bill Crystal. I, in fact, I worked for him for eight years at the Weekly Standard. Um, and I, I just honestly beside myself, I don't even know what to say about, you know, a lot of the stuff that comes out of his mouth anymore. I mean, Bill Crystal used to be on the board of Americans United for Life. Um, and yet if you look at any of the rhetoric, um, that he has said in the last year about the Dobbs decision, it's pretty clear that Bill Crystal has Changed and is no longer conservative. Not that somehow the conservative movement left him, as he continually protests. Um, because I don't know how you say go from being, you know, on the board of one of the biggest pro-life organizations in the United States to all of a sudden, you know, um, talking about, you know, what the Supreme Court is doing is, you know, dangerous and unprecedented um, with, you know, um, sending abortion back to the states. So. Uh, you know, all I can say is that I think a lot of this stuff, these accusations of unchristian behavior, when somehow it's Christian to just let thousands of immigrants, you know, be stranded under a bridge in Del Rio, Texas for days at a time, uh, you know, but it's unchristian to send them to Martha's Vineyard. I mean, it's, it's entirely cynical. It's entirely disingenuous. And the people saying it, you know, um, should be ashamed of themselves. Talking to Mark
0: Hemingway, uh, senior writer at Real Clear Investigations. Before I let you go, and I appreciate you taking uh, the time it is clear that sending uh, illegal immigrants and not not immigrants I, I've heard people say how dehumanizing it is to use the term illegal immigrant it's it's not in my view dehumanizing at all it is honest and clear it's dehumanizing to send them other places it is not these are people who are coming to America they didn't they didn't cross the border to get to Texas they crossed the border to get to America so America is Martha's Vineyard and Chicago and Washington DC and a host of, of, of other places but the question before us is does this now move the needle enough in the eyes of Americans to finally get some legislation going and has there been and in in your watching any legislation proposed or any legislation out there that could actually stop the illegal immigration uh, at, at, at the border I haven't even seen us get together to agree that fentanyl is bad enough to try and keep it out of the country.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I haven't seen any legislation. Well, I mean, perhaps there is floating around, but I mean, obviously, with Democrats in control of Congress and Joe Biden, in the White House, you're not going to get any sort of like comprehensive immigration solution. Further, you know, clearly, the thing that needs to happen is we need to secure the border. I mean, this country can, in fact, handle a lot of legal immigration. It would be good for us economically and otherwise to have a lot of legal immigration given our birth rates and other things. Um, but we should be in the driver's seat in terms of, you know, what, you know, what we've Think is acceptable levels of immigration. I mean, what's amazing to me is the people running around spouting um, that you know this is unchristian and uh, you know uh, uh, I don't know you know uncompassionate or whatever to, to not stand by and just allow you know totally uninhibited borders in defiance of our existing law. I mean, have these people looked at say Canada's immigration policy, which is you know a skill based very limited immigration policy, or Australia's immigration policy? Same same thing. Uh, I mean, they would say, you know, I mean, if, if we passed that, you know, American immigration, American, American, um, um immigration policy people on the right would kill to have Canada or Australia's uh, immigration system in place here. And, you know, are these people willing to go out there and say that Canada's a nation of racists or Australia's a nation of racists? Is that when, in fact, they're, you know, more liberal fundamentally and just about every other question? No, I mean, the reality is that you can't have a large welfare state and have unrestricted immigration without there eventually being all kinds of problems to say nothing of, you know, the issue of poverty and, and uh, other things that come with immigration. So it's, it's again, <laughs> you cannot say that Abbott and DeSantis are, are wrong for trying to, you know, push this problem into other parts of the country rather than, you know, countries, places like Florida and Texas bear the brunt of it on our southern, you know, on, on the southern part of the United States. So it's, it's it's just really, really um, the height of cynicism. And, you know, we've got to deal with it. You know, I don't, you know, we've got to secure the border and we've got to have a, a, an actual, like, orderly system for how in, people can immigrate to this country.
0: Mark Hemingway, that's his name. You can find him at Real Clear Investigations over there, Real Clear Politics. Be sure to check it out, Mark. I appreciate you taking the time. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. You're as cold as ice. When I first read the headline, I-, I will admit to you, I was confused and I'm going to share with you something President Biden said, and it's very possible I'm still confused. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. This was President Biden talking about Congress and calling on Congress to get rid of special immunity for social media companies. Listen.
2: My first day in office. I directed my national security and homeland security team to develop a first-ever national strategy for countering domestic terrorism. The goal is to improve and enhance our understanding of this growing threat within our country, prevent people from being mobilized to violence, to counter the relentless exploitation of the Internet, to recruit and mobilize domestic terrorism. And there's more we have to do together with a whole-of-government approach and a whole-of-nation approach. That's why today we're launching a new White House initiative on hate-motivated violence. We're going to use every federal resource available to help communities counter hate-fueled violence. Isn't all violence hate-fueled?
0: I'm just asking. But what is he discussing there with social media companies? As the reporting goes... He wants to end social media immunity. And when I first saw that, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you talking about ending protections for social media companies? Because I'm cool with that. If they're going to act like publishers and not platforms, they got to deal with the consequences of their actions. Are you talking about the idea that these social media companies shouldn't be allowed to pick and choose on terms of voices that can speak? Because they decided that somebody, a doctor who might question COVID response, is a threat to society? Oh, no, 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 no. No, that's not what they
2: mean. They mean deciding who can and who can't speak on the platforms. Build resilience and foster greater national unity. For example, trainings on identifying, reporting, and combating hate fuel violence for local law enforcement agencies, workplaces, and houses of worship. Partnerships with schools that help them address bullying and harassment. I'm calling for a new era of national service through organizations like AmeriCorps to foster stronger communities and bridge divides in our society. And I'm
0: by the way, I love it when Joe Biden talks about bullying. Joe Biden talking about bullying should be put next to how he treated Clarence Thomas in his uh, Supreme Court hearing that 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 should play side by
2: side for forever. Calling on Congress to do its part. Raise the living allowance for national service positions to the equivalent of $15 an hour. <laughs> this would make national service an accessible pathway to success for more Americans of all backgrounds. Pass my budget, increase funding to protect nonprofits and houses of worship from hate fuel violence.
0: I don't, I, don't need, I don't need your budget, sir. I need every parishioner to show up with a firearm and let people know that, you know, blank around and find out. Remember, any anybody in, in, in your church or your synagogue, any faith leader who says you can't carry a firearm, find a new faith, uh, uh, place to worship or fire that faith leader. That's what you do. That's exactly what you do. But he's calling on Congress to get rid of special immunity for social media companies.
2: And hold social media platforms accountable for spreading hate and fuel violence. So, anything that you disagree with, oh,
0: when your president doesn't favor free speech, bad things happen. Oh, no, we're not talking about the stuff that we agree is a problem. We're talking about you being able to have a conversation or me being able to have a conversation. They decide that that's hate speech. People don't believe in the America that we believe in, and that's worthy of conversation. Have it over the weekend, but have it with the bourbon so you relax, and I'll catch you guys on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend. Find everything at TonyCats.locals.com.
1: Monday, everyone. Take care.